G'day guys, Luke McElroy from Mets Performance Consulting. Welcome back to another episode of the Physiology Secrets Podcast. Winding back the clock today and doing a solo podcast. So what I want to chat to you about today is beta alanine as a as a supplement and whether or not you should consider using it. So I'm going to talk about the benefits of it or the, or the claim benefits. I'll, I'll mention dosage just on just based on what I've seen, but um, I would get a recommended advice from a dietitian in terms of dosage, but I'll go through dosage, what it does, um, who it's going to benefit and whether you should consider using it. So beta-alanine, I guess some backstory as to why I'm, I'm researching it. Um, SIS, Science in Sport, have released a beta-alanine supplement. It's a tablet. Um, I've been getting plenty of email correspondence from them and, and marketing material around it. And I just wanted to go through the, the pros and cons of it. So what beta-alanine is, it's a, it's a supplement which basically boosts your body's carnosine stores. So carnosine is found in muscles. Uh, and it's, it's an enzyme or a protein technically. And what it does is, the analogy I like to give is it acts like a sunscreen, but for acid. So when we apply sunscreen to our skin and we go outside, there's still UV rays present, right? But they don't burn the skin due to the sunscreen. So what carnosine does, um, it's active in the, in the muscle and what it will do is it will combat the effects of hydrogen ions, of lactic acid. So we know lactic acid accumulates when we use the anaerobic glycolysis system. And part of that lactic acid, the hydrogen ion component of lactic acid is acidic and it will make our blood more acidic. It will reduce the pH of our blood, make it acidic and inhibit our muscular contractions. So what carnosine does is it acts as a sunscreen, but instead of UV rays, it acts as a sunscreen for the hydrogen ions. So although, although the hydrogen ions, the lactic acid, is present in the muscle, um, the carnosine is going to combat the effect of those hydrogen ions. It's going to delay that drop in pH. It's going to delay that acidic, acidity coming into the blood. Um, it, it does that by acting as a buffer. It actually takes up one of the hydrogen ions, so one extra hydrogen ion compared to if we didn't have elevated carnosine. And as a result, that's going to delay when our muscle pH drops and our blood pH drops, which is bad. Lower pH means higher acidity. So carnosine, it which is found in the muscle, is boosted. We, we produce more of it when we take beta alanine, and that will um, act as a sunscreen for acid. So the acid is still there. The lactic acid is still in the blood, but it doesn't have that negative fatiguing effect until a little bit later because it takes a lot long or it takes a little bit longer, not a lot, a little bit longer for those pH um, numbers to drop. So that's a bit of the, the scientific background, trying to, trying to keep it as simple as possible. So the next question is, is who, who is it useful for? Well, we're looking at events where uh, we have a... a, a really high intensity, a rapid change of intensity from rest to, to going essentially maximal, to going above our threshold where we start to accumulate lactic acid. So science in sport, they've identified um, or they're advertising it as being beneficial or potentially beneficial for events lasting between one to four minutes. So we're looking at a 400 meter sprint, 800 meter run, um, a 1500 meter run if you're close to an elite athlete. Those types of events, one to four minutes, maybe a 4K team pursuit on the bike. So those really high, it's still aerobically dominant sport, but really high anaerobic contribution where we're getting a lot of lactic acid into the bloodstream. Um, the reason they would have chosen one to four is because once it's, 
I'm not going to say once the carnosine is used up, but once your um, yeah, your blood pH drops or is close to dropping outside the optimal range, then it doesn't matter how much carnosine you've got. You've got no scope to, to get more, sit, more, more hydrogen ions in the blood before you're going to start fatiguing. So it's like, think about it like this. So if right now we're at a normal range. So the blood pH, its optimal range is 7.35 to 7.45 that's our optimal range so let's just say we're starting at 7.4 we go from nothing to maximal effort for say two minutes without carnosine we're going to go from that 7.4 to 7 to drop below 7.35 let's say we drop, do it in a minute 30 i'm just making up numbers all right so we drop from 7.4 to below that 7.35 in uh, a minute 30. We add carnosine, which acts as a sunscreen. And now instead of dropping below that 7.35 at a minute 30, it takes a minute 45 or a minute 50. It's a little bit delayed. The fatigue is a little bit delayed. Um, whether that's one minute, three minutes, four minutes, whatever, but that's why it's advertised as one to four minutes because you've still got the hydrogen ions, the lactic acid accumulating. Um, it's just slightly delaying the fatiguing effects associated with it. So if you went more than four minutes and you're doing um, you know, an eight minute event or a 10 minute event where you're still going above your threshold, you're going as hard as you possibly can go. Well, you know, we're still going to get below that optimal range at some point. So it's not going to be beneficial for 10 or 20 or 60 or, you know, an Ironman distance race because it's only delaying it a little bit. It, it will, the pH will still drop below optimal uh, and it will still cause fatigue. So it's only effective in those shorter duration events, one, two, three, you know, four minute events. Would it be beneficial for like a sprint finish in a marathon? Um, short answer is let's do some research, but I think, I think that it would make sense that it wouldn't have an effect because by the time you get to a sprint finish of a marathon, you're going to be at your threshold for most people. So you already have, let's say again, 7.35, 7.45. You're probably sitting at about 7.37, 7.38. You're almost outside that optimal range already. So by the time you go and do a sprint finish, um, it's not going to take long for that, for example, 7.37 to go to 7.35 or below. Um, the carnosine would have already done its work. It's already taken up its extra hydrogen ion. Um, it can't do anything more. So it, I think it's really only beneficial. I mean, the research shows it's only beneficial to one to four minutes, um, but whether or not it has a, a place in a sprint finish after a longer event, um, I'm not sure it's really possible to be tested because there's so many variable, varying factors in terms of what your pH is at the time. But in my head, it makes sense that it wouldn't have an effect because the carnosine's already done its stuff. It's already taken up its extra hydrogen ion. It's essentially gonna be useless after that one to four minute period. So I guess that's, uh, that's an overview of, of, of carnosine and, and it's not carnosine, of beta-alanine. What beta-alanine does is it's a supplement. It's perfectly legal. You're allowed to have it. It's all good. Um, it's a supplement which is going to increase your muscle carnosine stores. And muscle carnosine stores act as a buffer or a, or a sunscreen for lactic acid so that it takes a little bit longer, a couple of extra seconds for that pH to drop below its optimal range. Uh, in terms of, of dosages, I'm just having a look at the Science in Sport website. They say that the, I think it's a 1.6 gram tablet and they recommend 3.2 grams um, per day for high intensity exercise lasting one to four minutes. So again, I don't know anything about the dosages. Um, I do trust them as a company, but 
Um, yeah, do your own research. Have a chat to a sports dietitian if you're thinking about taking beta alanine. But there's no, as far as I know, there's no negative effects. Like it's different to like bicarb loading where you get really bloated and feel a bit sick. In about 50% of people feel pretty sick. Um, it's just a, a small tablet, 1.6 grams, beta alanine. You should be fine. You, know, you, you shouldn't experience negative effects. But always check with a dietitian before you start a new supplement. Um, that's it for me, guys. Hopefully you found that useful. Um, if you've used beta al- alanine before, let me know what you think. Was it beneficial? Was it not? And why? Just send me an email, luke at metsperformance.com. And if you have any other topics, podcast topics, whether that's a supplement or a training session or anything, um, just get in contact uh, via our Instagram page at Mets Performance. I'll speak to you on the next one. Hey podcast, Nick from Mets here. Hopefully you enjoyed another great episode of the Physiology Secrets podcast. If you want to keep up to date with any future episodes we produce, other content we create here, or just anything that's happening in the lab here in general, be sure to click the link below. Sign up to our weekly updates. We're going to receive some absolute gold in terms of what's happening in the lab, what are we seeing and observing, and also some of our old content as well that you might have missed to further understand the science behind endurance performance. So if you are interested, make sure you do click the link below, sign up for those weekly updates, and head over to our social media as well. Follow us along at Instagram at Mets Performance. Head over to Facebook. We have a great YouTube channel as well. Be sure to check out all of our great content that is already up there, but also some of the great stuff that is coming soon. Thanks again. Be sure to share the podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed another episode and we'll see you in the next one.